with the news drought and then all of a sudden got a a news deluge indeed man it was like um we've been getting a bunch of rain in el paso and it came out of nowhere we're not used to seeing that much rain that's what it felt like with all these news and it almost felt like this weekend i i, I kept getting texts from yanko every five minutes with something brand new how was your josina anderson mm-hmm Thank you. I was gonna, I was just gonna say Adam Schefter, but I, there you go. Uh, that, guy, that dude has a, w- a weird cadence in his with the rhythm of his talk, and Josina's prettier. Do my eyes deceive me? Is that a Packer fan behind you? Do those exist? Yes. The one and only Juan Padilla is here to give my perspective in the Aaron Rodgers news for today. So you're welcome. Welcome, Johnny. How's it going, guys? <clears throat> Good to be here. Josh, pleasure as usual. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Josh needs some nutrients. He needs some so, sustenance. So Josh, Josh hasn't eaten since what time, Josh? I might say a bunch of stupid things today, just forewarn, guys. This is probably going to be a bunch of hot takes. Wait, so, uh, so like, do you always come? So you're basically going to be Charlie today. Yeah, there you go. Basically. <laughs> basically. There you go, I like guys. it. I like it very much. There you go, bro. That's it. <clears throat> All I want to say is I've disagreed with you guys like in the last couple of shows. So, Charlie, all that I hear is blah, 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 but you never have a point to refute and you always say you're going to do it and you never do, bro. So I I don't want to hear that comment again. So you bring it. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm going to go back and show you where I did argue with you. We're heading back into training camp. Mm -hmm. And the hits are being taken not only on the field, but on this podcast. Bro, zoom it's finally hits. here. The zoom hits. Finally Juanito, here. it's good to have you, bro. It's very good to have you, Juanito. It's good to be so, I, I mean, how do you feel? Like, are, are, you, are you warm and fuzzy right now? Are, are, are you still don't know how to react with Packer news? How do you feel, Juanito? So, I'll just say one thing. Just one. feeling very much alive right now. Like you say all the time, Estoy excitado. There you go, bro. <laughs> nice. <laughs> en las magnísimas palabras. There you go, man. That's nice. Uh, all jokes aside, I... I'm really, really happy today. Like I was saying to Charlie earlier this week, I was very sad because all these news were popping up that Aaron Rodgers could announce his retirement this week. But, I mean, as you guys all know, he's coming back next next season. So, so I'm all fuzzy. Let me let me ask you this, Johnny. Let me ask you this. And again, welcome to the show. One of the cryptic posts by both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers was Scottie Pippen MJ that led us to believe that that was kind of uh, the last dance, right? The picture that they used for the documentary for the last dance. Are you okay with living it year by year? Like if if we ran the parallels, right, of what that significant what the significance of that picture is. And what they posted for both Aaron and Devante, are you good with just one last dance or are you taking it season by season? Do you want a long contract? Talk to me. Talk to us. I'm just happy that he's going to come back and just honest, honest to God, that's just the only thing I'm happy because having such a good team 
going to waste without having a very good quarterback for one season when this season when this season upcoming then this upcoming season is supposed to be like their peak that's that would be terrible for the team i mean not having Aaron Rodgers would be so bad that i would not even i don't i wouldn't even think they would make playoffs so yeah it juanito, could be the last dance but i mean it could, i got something for you juanito and and i don't I, i i don't well i do to a certain degree but i don't um i guess let me start off with this you brought up a good point that this team might go to waste okay now um in your perspective not in mine in your perspective and and i know you thanks to charlie as your brother-in-law um i'm sure you rekindle that love for football and for fantasy football too um and i i i think you're pretty you're, you're pretty bright dude um you probably brushed up on packer history and and i'm not even going to say far far i'm just going to focus on a rod here the a rod era when it started at green bay And I think another thing too that happens is sometimes we get uh, we we try to compare right with everything. We, we we try to compare the success that Brady had, which is an outlier, and we think that all these other quarterbacks should have the same success, and that that doesn't happen. Um, but here's my question: I just did a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, that introduction <laughs> was like five um, minutes long. My God, I like it. Say, wouldn't you say, Juanito? that a lot of the Aaron Rodgers or the Aaron Rodgers era in Green Bay has been squandered. Um, not, not necessarily because he's a great player. They've always had very good teams. Sometimes front office is, is the ones that have the issue. Sometimes they haven't surrounded himself with a good defense. Sometimes he hasn't had a running back. But that one constant still the same, and it's Aaron Rodgers. Um, wouldn't you say that he himself has kind of squandered the the glory days when the the glory years that he's had and he's a great quarterback and I don't take credit away from him but that Green Bay has kind of squandered don't, don't you feel like one and four for a player like Aaron Rodgers one and four in the NFC Championship is is good now we can we we cannot say that he, that they're all Brady's no because there's only one goat there's only Brady right and again we always make the example well if Brady can do it A Rod can do too but How do you feel about that, Juanito? Or should I say, John? I, had, I do have to admit, I've only really been a very good, like a follower of the Packers for like about five to six years in a hardcore, you can say, uh, starting to be a really good fan, a loyal fan for like the past three years. So I can't really speak for what what's like 17, 16 years when the Packers were drafted Rodgers. Yeah, give or take. Yes. What was it? Oh, six, oh, seven. It was the same year. As, I checked that. It was the same as Alex Smith. So, oh, six, I think. Yes. Yeah, so right. Cut. But I mean. But he sat I, down for three years, right? Give or take. So he was a starter coming into the fourth year. The year before they went to the Super Bowl, which was 2011. And after his response, I want to get back to that, by the way. So. Yeah. And I want to hear your take too, Charlie. Yeah. So like, like, go ahead. Go ahead. These John. three, four years that I've really been following the Packers. I have seen that there are some instances that there could be that one or two second piece, especially this past year that could have brought us over the hump, you know, but there are some things that obviously can, you can't really put all the blame in, in one certain section. Yeah. It could be the front office. It could be the head coach. It could be the defense. It could be the offense, like, but it could just be that one single piece. 
But just to mm-hmm. have a concrete answer on you, yeah, his career, if there will be always that black spot and on the paper that there's only been one Super Bowl out of a very uh, successful career that you could say that you could have had. If this have been one more piece or just uh, an X factor, you know? Yeah. What about I, you guys, though? Like, t- twist it, turn it around for a few seconds, though. Like, Yanko or, or, or Josh, either one of you, even me. It, if you had the opportunity of having Aaron Rodgers on your team, guaranteed, guaranteed. And, and, I, and forget about the Devontae Adams of the world. Forget about Aaron Jones of the world. If you can guarantee one year, wouldn't you do what you have to do to get him? Even if it's short history? Am I a Packers fan thinking like this, or am I me? You. Like, it, it, your team. Your team. Let's look at it this way. Your team needs a quarterback. He's available. Because I, I say it this way, because if, if Aaron Rodgers is gone, the Packers would be useless because they don't have a quarterback. Well, I mean, Jordan Love, maybe he surprises us. I doubt it. But the fact that the administration is going to all these depths into re-signing or coming into an agreement with him tells us, Jordan Love is not the answer. But I think that's the point. Yeah, and that's what that's I'm saying. So point. if you guys if think about it that way, what would you guys do? What would be your say? There's two to me, there's two there's two reasonings. One, I could be the Packers fan, which I think exists. I could be the Packers fan is like, I'm done with his drama. I'm done with with his with what's going on. Do I want him for a year? The only reason we're, we're still talking about him, the only reason that he's relevant, the only reason the Packers are basically still keeping love in, on the bench is because Rodgers is so good. And he's taking some teams that were high caliber with talent, and he's taken some teams that have been mediocre, but Aaron Rodgers elevated him. Josh said it. Is he the GOAT? No. Before Mahomes, he was the closest thing, I would say. Right, even, up, even, right. At, even at times better. Even I mean, at times better, and Drew Brees is debatable up there. Yeah. But we're talking about three guys max, maybe maybe Peyton. But now we're getting into the earlier years of Aaron. To me, I guarantee one year as a franchise. You gave me a hard time over the off season. You've been pulling my chain. The cryptic messages have been back and forth. Both sides have been passive aggressive. You get one year. You give him everything he wants. And you take the high road for that one year. Because as a Packers organization, I think they're acknowledging that they have a window. To a degree. Because Jordan Love could could be great. Could be phenomenal. There probably wasn't podcasts like ours or similar back when uh, in 2005 when he was drafted. 2004. But I'm sure that conversations like these were being had about Rodgers with Favre potentially leaving. Correct, which is what I yeah exactly. I mean, I keep going on that. And with with that, we've talked about on the podcast the history of the Packers picking quarterbacks. They haven't had a lot, you know. It's Rogers, Favre, Star, and then you know you keep going. But we're talking about decades full of one guy. So if history repeats itself in Green Bay at Lambeau Field, then Jordan Love should be good. If he isn't. And if they need more time to build around him or find an excuse to get rid of him or just give him more time to grow like they have groomed the prior quarterbacks under the other guys, then I sign Aaron for one year. 
you give him everything he wants to a degree that is reasonable without selling the farm and go all in in 2021. As a fan, I'd be tired. I'd be tired because it's not like if Aaron has another six years. It's not like if he has another seven years. Unless he's Tom Brady and he can elongate his career. But rip off the Band-Aid. Let's go. And I might be biting my tongue a little bit because of Derek, right? Derek, it's it feels like it's being stretched out. But I'm in no way or shape comparing Derek to Aaron. I'm just talking about like when do you, and Josh mentioned it last week, when do you rip off the Band-Aid? When do you go... Now, it sucks, like, if you're New England, right? You said, no, Tom, we're done. And then he goes and wins a Super Bowl in Tampa. Can Aaron do that with another team? If he lands in the right spot, yeah. Well, that's got to be the fear. Could. That's, the, that's the fear. It's, it has to be the fear. And if I'm Aaron in 2022 and I leave Green Bay, I'm not, I'm not staying in the NFC. I go to the AFC, or if Tom Brady leaves, maybe stay in the NFC. But the chances are that he still has something to prove especially with his mindset that he's shown outside of green bay for your answer right now i give him the one year i play with what i got and then let's see what happens in 2022 i just wanted to outdo the powerpoint presentation that josh had uh, just, Yanko, to, you just to take the throw took the crown bro you took the crown i'm gonna oh, answer good. your question charlie pretty, pretty to me oh, th- th- this is how it is um and let's see what what, what, your, what your take is or, or what your thought and mr johnny can maybe chime in too if I were Green Bay, straight up, okay, I'm not taking anything away from A-Rod. A-Rod is great. He's a top three quarterback right now. He elevates the Packers. He does. Without A-Rod there, this team is completely different. My thing, though, is this. You've gone since 2011. You have not made it back to the Super Bowl. And A-Rod is, is a kind of player that we need to – we need to kind of put him in a different pedestal and held him to a different standard and and my take now just quick, brief memory lane 2011. Okay. They beat the bears without Jay Cutler. Now, could Jay Cutler have done something different? We all know the story. He supposedly (laughs) tweaked, tweaked, right. And he was in the bicycle and the Bears had a great defense, and they barely squeaked, squeaked by the Bears 21-14. You give them credit that year, they go to the Super Bowl, they beat the Steelers, hurrah. Everybody thought this was a Patrick Mahomes effect before Patrick Mahomes was even in the NFL. This kid is going to take the lead by storm. He's going to have a dynasty, blah, 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 right? What happened after that? Okay. So 2015, they go back to the NFC Championship, right, four years. And they lose it to the Seahawks, 23 to 17. Yes, and I, and I could be wrong, a crazy turn of events, an onside kick, a catch that, great, we can go that, but they still lost, 23-17. Okay, pick up the pieces of your life and continue on. Well, in 2017, they make it again to the NFC Championship. And this time, they face the Atlanta Falcons, and they get killed, killed by the Atlanta Falcons. And they lose 44 to 21. Okay. All right. We're going to do it again. 2020. They make it to the NFC Championship again. And who do they lose to now again? Their old nemesis, you can say, the 49ers, which the 49ers have a history with the Packers. The Kaepernick years prevented A-Rod from, you know, perhaps fulfilling his legacy, whatever. 
And the stadium, and then again, don't forget that. Yes, and that was way before, right? But yeah, but but we're talking Kaepernick here because that's when A. Right, right. right. It was Rogers. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. You guys mentioned it. Yanko in his PowerPoint presentation mentioned it right now, right? You're uh, not that right, far off, by the way. The right things, the right points, the right players. He wanted everybody to go to Lambeau in that, you know, place, historic place. You have your receiver, you have your running back, you have a very respectable defense. And what happened yet again? You came up short. And now you lost to the GOAT 31-26. What's my point? If I were a Packer fan, which I'm not, yes, I would take A-Rod for one year. But my point is like, you know what, bro? If you want to leave, trade him. Trade him. Get all the assets you need. Restart over. You're not going to find another A-Rod. But I, I just think it's pettiness, right? Here you are wanting to get everything, wanting the team to get built and do it this way and that way. And last year, front office provided everything for you. So what's the excuse now? You didn't deliver. You came up short again. That's my only issue with Aaron Rodgers. It's one, it's one Super Bowl in 16-year career, 17-year career. I guess we can get that exactly right now. But it, straight off the bat, without getting into a description, who was better, Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers? Just quick. I'd take Brett. Okay. What, uh, Josh? It was a different era, man. Um but more quarterback sound to me, A-Rod. I, I, I agree 100% that it's A-Rod. However, Brett has two Super Bowls, one won and one lost. Aaron Rodgers has only gone to one. And it's just to just illustrate again that we're going through all these years of a quarterback that for a while there we considered to be the man, the guy. There's no results there. There's absolutely nothing there. Exactly. At all. At all. Like, there, there's nothing there. Who did, the, who did the Packers lose to in the 90s in the Super Bowl? Was it the Broncos? The Patriots? The Broncos. No, they beat the Patriots. Yeah, the Broncos. The Broncos, right? The John Elway Broncos. John Elway Broncos, yeah. So so even then, he, he lost to one of the guys that, I guess, before, I mean, uh, maybe not putting him in the in the range of Joe Montana and Tom Brady – you would consider to be another goat out there. So, you know, he lost to a, to a hell of a player, but it just kind of goes to say, why, why is Rogers so damn upset about what's going on? Why is, why, why, who does he think he is a, a, after what Favre endured with him? Because and, the Packers front office has let him. What do you mean? The frac- because the Packers front office has catered to him. They've they've raised a spoiled okay, guy. Okay, I, I get you. I get you. I, I get what you're saying. Beca- yeah, because the Packers have let him go. You so think Bill Belichick deals with this? Yes. They've created this monster. They've and created his tailcoat of success. Yeah. But but Brett Favre was way more manageable. And well, and that's where I got I got to disagree because he wasn't manageable. Remember, it was an ugly divorce at the end as well. Towards the end, but well, before that. He had but two Super Bowl appearances. Bad. It wasn't that bad with Aaron Rodgers either till about okay. years ago. So, so watch. Let, let's compare the Favre era to the A-Rod era, okay? And and we know that Favre was drafted by the Falcons. He later, you know, made the push to Green Bay when Mike Holmgren was there. Right. Um, so I'm just looking at history here, okay? And we're starting at 96. The, the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers were at the peak of their dynasties, 
right? In the respective years, maybe the 49ers are already coming, coming down from the high, but Dallas was on the rise. 96 NFC championship game. Dallas beats Green Bay 38-27, and this is Favre, okay? Three straight years, the Packers made NFC championship games, okay? 96, they lost it. 97, they beat the living Bazizis out of the Panthers, 30-13. to 13. And then in 98, they, they beat the 49ers, 23-10. to 10. Okay, so that's three straight NFC championships, and they obviously made it to the Super Bowl twice, and that's what you're talking about, right? They went one and one. They ended up beating the Patriots. They lost against the Broncos. So, and then, and then after that, let me just kind of go down the memory list. While Favre was still the the quarterback at the helm, they made they made playoffs, but they did not appear back into the NFC Championship. It wasn't until 2008 when they lost to the then champs in that stupid interception by Favre, uh, they lost to the Giants 23-20 in 2008. After that, uh, 2009, 2010 came, and 2011 is when A-Rod was at the helm. So I agree with you, Charlie. And I agree with you too, Yanko. I I don't know what he's complaining about. I I really don't. I think it's the same exact story all over again. It's the same I really don't. Now, in a way, in a way, if we really think about it, and it's part of what we're saying, the organization could also be a little bit fearful. If it was not for that crazy, again, stupid, and this is another game, but stupid interception that Brett Favre threw against the New Orleans Saints as, mm-hmm. a, as a Minnesota Viking, we're probably talking about the Minnesota Vikings having a Super Bowl in this, in this, in this uh, century. We're probably talking about Brett Favre being remembered now as – the guy who got a, a Vince Lombardi as a Packer and as a Viking. Again, he threw that interception and history will we'll never know because it didn't actually happen. But maybe this is the same organization that's thinking, heck, we made that mistake with Brett Favre. We cannot do that again. Because if we really think about it, it's not as far-fetched to think that Brett, that uh, Aaron Rodgers could still go another three, four years in the right circumstances. We said it at the beginning of the offseason, the many teams that could have taken him. Can you imagine a team that is completely well-built and taking a guy like Rodgers and now the history of Green Bay isn't there anymore and maybe just maybe they go on. So maybe it's the same organization that is at the same time, you know, we can't get rid of you because if he wins, dude, if he wins the Super Bowl somewhere else, all hell's going to break loose on that organization just by that fan base. I agree. To, a, to an extent, but here's the other factor that we haven't considered yet, also in Green Bay. A lot of his success that I think it's a two-way street, right, with these two guys. At the beginning, we asked Johnny about the, the MJ, the Scotty Pippen, MJ cryptic tweet. So now you have Devontae riding in alongside Aaron. Because Devontae, to a certain, to his point, was, hey, I'm here. No, eh, never mind. Contract stops. Contract talk stop. N- now I'm back. The the obviousness between Aaron and Devontae is crystal clear, right? What how they're working together. For Devontae's career, let's say hypothetically, and this is a question for Charlie and Johnny. For Devontae's career, is it best for him to sign an extended max deal now? Or do a, a one-year, maybe a two-year, 
like pick up the option and then see where Aaron goes. Because if you remove Aaron and you remove Devontae, I think at least Devontae helps Jordan Love is right? That's is it Jordan Love? Yeah. It helps Jordan. Devontae Adams can't be dumb. I, I, I really think he'd be dumb if he if he were to sign a one year deal, two year deal, just to see where his buddy's gonna go. It will, how, how long do NFL careers last? I mean, Devontae Adams is at his peak. You know who also was at his peak three, four years ago? OBJ. And right now, OBJ is is a little bit of an afterthought. I mean, he's great still. You Personality, know? I think, has been a big difference. Oh, no, no, I know. But even then, injuries, too. I mean, he, he did tear his ACL last year. Yeah. So what's to say that Devontae Adams can't? I don't know. I mean, God forbid he gets a really major injury and he's out of the NFL. So a cash-in? And and be that mentor for for Jordan Love and see and see where it takes you. I I I I would really hate for Devontae Adams to do that because it would almost even feel like the NFL is starting to become like the NBA, where you have these guys figuring it out together to become a super team somewhere else. Heck, no, that's not football. That's not the way it works. That's not the way this people teams don't. I mean, players historically have not done that, so I would not like that. But that's just my take on that, and I want to see. I mean, honestly, say you, Johnny. Honestly, like like Aaron was saying, I mean, it's it's just or Charlie, sorry, it would be very dumb for him just to sign a one year deal, because this is not a terrible team. We have to think that, yeah, he's the number one receiver, but I mean, he also has offensive weapons like Aaron Jones, Robert Tanya was on the rise. Yeah, some second or third uh, receivers like Alan Lazard, MBS, and some new receivers that are coming in like Amari Rogers, which is a very good prospect, by the way. So there's a good chance that if, if uh, Jordan Love takes the helm in two years, if Jordan, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, yeah, he, he's, the spot is going to be on him. And yeah, just like, like, uh, like Pippen, it's his time to shine. And it's not just like Aaron Rodgers was handing them handing them the 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 ball over, you know. So it it would be not it wouldn't be very smart for him just to sign a one year deal because I mean he has he has an ideal situation. He has chemistry. He has a level of the of the people in Green Bay, and I mean everything is set for him for success. I mean just one more year with Aaron Rodgers, try to try to win that Super Bowl. And obviously, you're not gonna sign a one-year deal with a three or four-year uh, extension. You can even bring uh, the best out of Jordan Love. So, what if you're smart for De- like for Devonte, and you get that, let's say, three, four-year deal, but you put a trade clause in it that if you you can get traded, like not allowing the team to not put a trade clause on it? Because I, I honestly think that wait, wait, you want a trade clause or you don't want a trade clause? You, the franchise doesn't. Devante does. So he so basically saying I can only get traded if I approve it is what you're saying, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay, 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 okay. Exactly. I think Devante has the opportunity to kind of have the career, not necessarily statistically or not necessarily. I'm not comparing stats. I'm talking about the way it's gone, like what Julio did in Atlanta. Right? Yeah. Obviously, quarterback, different situation. Just career projection or the way he took control of his career like Julio has, because Julio rose to stardom, elevated, stayed 
a really relevant player. I'm not saying he isn't now. However, he was enough to get traded and still be considered a starter, still be considered a force to reckon with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be selfish here and put my little fandom hat on. I want Devontae to course, sign. Fresno State chemistry. Yes, I there. want him to sign a, just a one-year deal, max two-year, and then go save Derek Carr's career. I think Basically. it depends what Devontae wants, man. What, yeah. but here, does, yeah. Devontae, does Devontae want to win? Does he want to stay relevant? Does he want to uh, pursue perhaps getting a Super Bowl? Or does Devontae want to get paid? But that's, really, Joe? Really, that's what it comes down to. I, really, though? You don't think the best teams in the NFL would pay the max contract for a guy like Devontae Adams if he hits free agency? I mean, I know it's a little bit different than basketball. So he he probably can, but who's to say? I mean, it's it's it goes 50-50. But if if Devontae wants to get paid, he has the upper hand right now at Green Bay because the least thing that Green Bay wants, Green Bay is gonna pay him, don't you think? So he, he doesn't well, they, have to there, work. there's discussions though, because he wants to be the highest paid player Correct. at the receiver position. The highest Correct. paid player right now is north of 25 million. Does he deserve because it? Which is D Hop, no. Uh, yes, but remember, his is just a two-year contract. If we actually check the next player, I forgot who it is, but they're at the twenty million range. So there's a- there's like a seven eight million dollar drop off. Yeah, so it, it's a little bit of a. I mean, it, it almost feels like the the Cardinals really screwed everyone else up pretty bad because they, In they a way. decided to give this guy a, a two-year contract, but they 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 gave him such a big percentage, and now the next receiver, which happens to be Devontae Adams, wants twenty six. Just so to I, be the, the, the highest paid uh, wide receiver. I got a, I got a little uh, quick NFL's highest paid wide receivers per year. Uh-huh. Right? So you guys were absolutely right. DeAndre Hopkins at $27.3 million. Is that his cap hit or, or how much he's getting paid? Salary per year. Average salary per year. Jesus. Second is Julio at 22. Third is Keenan Allen at 20. Amari's at 20. Michael Thomas at 19.3, Tyreek Hill at 18, Odell at 18, Allen Robinson at 17.9, Evans at 16.5, and Robert Woods at 16 and a quarter. But here's the difference. D-Hop is getting paid that money because they're not paying Kyler. That's why the Cardinals were able to come up. And, and let's face it. To me, I don't want to start a debate here. D-Hop, to me is the best receiver right now in football, to me. I, you don't guys don't have to agree or disagree. No, but, but he's, so he's getting compensated for that. Yeah. But why? Because they're not paying, they're not paying Kyler. Green Bay, Green Bay can't, can't do that. Either that or you're going to be in cap hell, which is what Dallas is probably going to be approaching. Because look at Dallas now. We already talked about the other players, but just right now that the list that you mentioned, Yanko, they're playing Dak, top money, and now they're paying Cooper. And you tell me, is Zeke. Cooper worth that money? Heck nah. Plus, plus all those offensive linemen that that uh, have now hit IR multiple times and are still in the books for the next couple of years. We talked about that a couple of more than a couple of episodes ago of dead yeah. dead cap hits that the Cowboys have. Yeah, it's it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. now from from the list that I mentioned, guys. Those are the highest paid wide receivers because for a reason, right? They're good. They're good and. Uh, Wide receivers at an elite level are hard to find. 
but some are good some but that's I, where i was going some are good the other one is because that's that's what the market is at because you're the, so you're, they have the upper hand contract is so, up and you have to get paid let's and that's why they're up there i want to do a rapid fire with our guests just a, a real quick yes or no all right johnny aside from deandre because josh already talked about deandre is Devonte better than julio yes better than keenan allen Yes. Amari Cooper? Yes. Michael Thomas? Yes. Tyreek Hill? Different skill set, but yes. Odell Beckham? Yes. Allen Robinson? Yeah. Michael Evans? Yeah. And Robert Woods? Yeah. So the only guy I didn't mention was DeAndre Hopkins at $27.3 million. I agree with everything yes. you said, Johnny. Everything. And if, if that's Charlie, too, I agree with everything you said, Charlie. The only exception to me, maybe, maybe, and I'm not saying better. I'm just saying top three is Keenan Allen. Keenan, Keenan, Keenan Allen's pretty Keenan good. Allen is, yes, he is. Keenan Allen's pretty good. Now, when you're flirting with 22 million, 20, and, and the gap between 22, who he's number, Keenan is at 20 right now. Julio, I think, is kind of... Eh, I don't think Julio is better than, than that. most of these guys. Some he's of these past guys. his prime. Yeah, he's past his prime. If DeAndre got 27.3 as a Packers organization, do you do what you did, what Arizona did in for DeAndre and give him a two-year highest paid for those two years? So at 27.3, that means Devontae would look at 28. 28 and three quarters, maybe even 29. So so as an organization, you do. But as Devontae Adams, why would I take that? I, I won't do that. Because remember, D-Hop is older. So, D I mean, Devontae, normally players tend to give their teams a little bit of a discount if they're in a good relation. Right now, they're not. Green Bay is not in a good relationship with Devontae. So Devontae has two choices. Take what Green Bay is offering you. Green Bay is not going to offer you more than D-Hop. That's, that's not going to happen. Or play out your year and next free season, uh, during, during uh, free agency time, get the best offer. Guaranteed, guaranteed there will be a team that will pay the money that needs to be paid. So you're saying There's he picks a up a flyer for this year and then? Well, he's under contract for one more year regardless. He's already under contract. So he has one year left. So and he can't already, max out his deal right now no right now he's he's he could if he wanted to that's what i'm saying he has two choices take the green bay offer right now which is going to be less than d hub and it's probably going to be a five year or bogus six year 24 25 million dollar deal not a bad deal not a bad play this whole year out and maybe end up with the team that has a quarterback on a rookie contract heck not bringing out the niners they're going to be with lance you're going to get away from jimmy garoppolo or let's look at the Raiders. The Raiders, if they figure out their cap situation, same thing. You don't think the Raiders would pay $27, 28000000 million? I think they would. I don't think that. There's plenty of other teams in the NFL who would gladly do that. That's what I'm saying. The difference now for, for Devontae Adams is figuring out, okay, am I going to stay with the decent offer, good, good offer, and probably be the face of the franchise for the years to come? Or do I wait out the year and, and move on? And that's really the question. Does... And maybe this is for uh, some research later on. Can they franchise him? I yes. 
That's the other thing. But does Green Bay franchise a player that doesn't want to be there also at that point? Maybe it's like what Josh said earlier. They just do it. Okay, it's time to blow this heck up. Like, let's just blow it up because it, it, it's that bad. If, if Let's put it real. If the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers comes back and Devontae Adams comes back and Aaron Jones comes back and they don't win the Super Bowl, it's a complete and utter failure. It, it's that simple. Because that's the only reason the organization is taking Aaron Rodgers back. Because they truly believe they can get him a ring. So if they don't get it. It's a complete failure for the Packers organization. So you don't want anybody that was related to Aaron Rodgers to be back at that point. What about Zadarius? Another Packer. What about him? He's pissed too. Right? I, he's a, he's a disgruntled player that wants a contract. So I was reading this morning that apparently what happened, apparently, apparently. Uh, what happened was and this is more of the agent's fault. Uh, when they signed the contract, they uh, he didn't explain everything really well to, to Zadarius Smith. And we're at the point now where he gets so many in-game incentives, he doesn't feel that was really what the contract was when he signed it originally. And we, t- we tend to see that all the time. All these players sign these contracts that are $100 million, but in reality, they're only $60 million. And $40, $40 million are bogus money. I really believe that if it wasn't for all this mess that's going on with, with Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, Devontae Adams, this is a Darius Smith thing would just be something that would be on the side. But the fact that there's so many problems going on right now in the Packers organization, it just starts rubbing all these players the wrong way. So it's not the, that big of a deal because it's something that can get solved. I just, the Packers are in a mess right now. Green Bay's in a, in a world of hurt, man. I'm going to throw another name at you, and I just thought about it right now. And he's an up-and-coming, pretty good running cornerback. Uh, but remember, first-year contract, fifth-year option is looming. Jair Alexander, what's going to happen with him? Mm-hmm. He was drafted in 2018. You think with all this dysfunction, there's always two sides to everything, right? There's that one that just give me paid. I don't care what's going on. I don't care about winning. I just want me. I just want my money. And if you, if you guarantee the most uh, guaranteed money up front for me, I'll stay, right? And then there's that other option of everything that we've talked about. So, and I just want to make one quick point. I, I guess just to wrap up or if you guys have more, but I think the D-Hop contract is an outlier. And I think it was specifically designed because of the circumstances in Arizona, because they don't have to pay Kyler Murray. So they were able to forfeit that much amount of money in a very short span because it's calculated, right? Once D-Hop, once you, you finish paying D-Hop that second year, guess who's up for the fifth-year option? Kyler Murray. So they gave everything to that rookie uh, quarterback to kind of feel him warm and fuzzy and see if he was going to make it or not. So nobody else is going to do a contract of that regard, not unless, in my eyes, you have a rookie first-round quarterback that you're still a little wishy-washy and maybe you want to know if you're going to lock them up. So you're, you're but, saying nobody, nobody would pay him who you're saying or nobody. No, would no, no. Yes. Oh, no, year. not, not that, not that contract. Hey, let's give you a two, three year and let's give you, let's throw 27 mil, which is unheard of. And let's spend it out for three years. So let's say you get 50, 60 guaranteed and you'll be the highest paid player. So almost, yeah. almost like what Kirk cousins did, except he did it through the franchise tag, but really Correct. that's what ended up ultimately happening. I so have- the, the reality. Oh, before, before, go ahead, Diego. No, no, well, I was going to talk about the Packers still, but go with your in reality 
No, what I was going to say is that the contracts, with the contracts fluctuating, it's fine. If you, go ahead and finish your thoughts on, on the Packers. That way we can discuss just how much the contracts are booming and particularly dive into that big signing that happened just a, a few days ago. Well, I have to ask. I have to ask. How much does this now impact fantasy? Aaron Stain, Devontae Stain, potentially. And then everyone else around them in the division. Not only fantasy, but now division, now the NFC. Because if it's a one and done, if it's a last dance, you bet your bottom dollar that they're going to go as high as they can go and perform as high as they can and depend on each other, barring an injury, to make this year count. Fantasy... I'll tell you one thing. I wish I had my fantasy draft this past weekend because the value for Aaron Rodgers, the value for Devontae Adams, and even Aaron Jones was awesome this past weekend. That Afternoon delight. Well, fantasy impact? They're probably going to have the same production they were going to have anyway, except now it costs a lot more than it cost last week. Yeah, That's my fantasy impact. Yep. But talking... Fantasy, man, it's it even has an impact on the ti- the whole tight end conversation that we had. Yeah, it does. I don't mean to I don't mean to go down a rabbit hole, but now Tanya becomes relevant again. Things yep. to think about with fantasy. I just had to throw that out there. No, no, for sure, because it, it does. It's a, it's a big impact. I mean, Jordan Love would have brought Tanya's level down drastically, unless he's the Almost next Mahomes, and then we're all wrong. But I agree. Or really Justin Herbert. All right, so talking money wise. Uh, Fred Warner just signed a mega deal just a few days ago to become the highest paid inside linebacker in the NFL. We talked about it. You know, you, you, you draft players and if they become good enough, they eventually grow out their rookie contracts. Thoughts on Fred Warner becoming the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. I want you to go first, Charlie. Please. I want you to get it out of your system, bro. The floor is yours, my friend. As a Niner fan or as an analyst? <laughs> well, I think I know where you're going with this, but both. Give us both of your takes. No, it's actually shared. Uh, it, 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 it's not bold to say because I really believe that's one heck of a pizza, Josh. God, that's like, okay. So for the listeners, Josh is eating right now and he just had a, what is that, like Costco pizza? Or what that's is Pizza that? Hut, no? Brooklyn style Domino's pizza, amazing. Oh my God, that looks good. Anyway, sorry. Now I want pizza. But okay, uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. Fred Warner has been the best player on that defense. As, as much as people rave about Nick, uh, Nick Bosa, which don't get me wrong, that's the reason we drafted Nick Bosa number two. And he, he, he was definitely, you know, we hurt not having him last year. It hurt our team drastically. But Fred Warner is the heart and soul of our defense. It's Fred Warner and 10 other guys. He makes everyone around them better. Typically speaking, I'm not a fan of overpaying for a linebacker. However, I see Fred Warner as the guy that goes above and beyond than the typical Mike linebacker that plays that position. You know, he tends to, and and, and maybe not the casual fan knows, but he, he lines up day after day against the slot receivers on third downs. Think about it. Last two years ago, when they played the Ravens, he lined up against Hollywood Brown all day long. Tell me a linebacker that does that against a guy that has 4.3 speed. Ronaldo McLean. 
<laughs> so I, I, I love it. I, I, I absolutely love the signing. I think it was very merited. I like what the, what the Niners are doing. Kittle was last year. Warner is this year. And the fact that you have Trey Lance coming in with a cheap contract for the next four years, you know, let's just see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo this year. You know, let's, let's go on with it. It, it's it's excellent because they're front loading these contracts and I love what they did because I've been looking at the contracts and they did it in a way where they're front loaded and then they have like a pause and then from the year 24 on when the new TV contracts are coming in they boom again so they they really manipulated these numbers so that the player is happy but the organization is not at fault as well so it's a win-win on my book so prior to this signing for Fred Top 10 linebackers paid per average per year, all right? Bobby Wagner at 18, CJ Moldy at 17, Zach Cunningham in Houston at 14 and a half, Miles Jack at 14 and a third, Deion Jones for 14 and a third, Shaq Thompson, good run linebacker, 13 and a half, Jalen Smith, eh, 12 and three quarters, Levante David, 12 and a half, Raiders linebacker Corey Littleton, 11 and three quarters. Yeah, that's not voting so well, but it's only been one year. And the Jaguars linebacker Joe Schobert, 10.8. So the Jaguars actually have two paid linebackers. Charlie, congratulations because you guys, you got, you have a solid linebacker and a division that already has. Historically one, right? Bobby Wagner's been kind of like the lead guy for the last couple of years, right? Barring the guys that the Niners had. And it's to me, it's almost been like a staple that the Niners have have had, right? They had uh, Patrick Willis. Navarro Bowman was kind of the Batman to the Robin to his Batman. I don't think the LA Rams have ever had a superstar linebacker. But what I'm but they've what had I'm, a good core. Yeah, they've had a good core. What I'm trying to get to is that what it seems to be that the NFC West is building, and all of them respectively, a long one-star defensive player. Yeah. Right. So you have think, Aaron. And real quick, think about the Cardinals, real quick, bro. Uh, Isaiah Simmons was drafted last year. He didn't have the greatest season because a little bit of a hybrid. Yeah. And they drafted another linebacker this year. So you're absolutely right. I think the NFC West is really setting themselves up, and it's been a copycat kind of way in the division because the way you just described the contracts reminded me of what uh, the Rams did a couple years ago with Jared. They paid a bunch of guys. They had Jared kind of running through their his rookie deal. They had success. And then they're kind of uh, a little stagnant, but still relevant. They're still there. Josh just said that about Kyler in Arizona with the guys that they've signed. And, well, the Seahawks have are the they're not really the Seahawks they're the Seattle the Seattle Wilsons right but regardless right. they have Bobby Wagner so I think the Niners did a great job in securing the bag with a great defensive guy kudos to the Niners Charlie I had to run out and buy his jersey absolutely man so if I were <clears throat> uh, kudos to the Niners Charlie um I agree with you uh I think it's it's a good problem to have when you have drafted uh, great talent, homegrown talent, and they're up for renewals. 
And they obviously outperform the rookie contracts. And when you pay them the highest paid, you're doing something good in, in draft room. Uh, and we obviously said that, right? John Lynch and, and Shanahan have it figured out in that realm. Uh, they have a lot of things figured out, but I'm saying in drafting talent. And this guy is not an exception. He was a third round pick. And that's that's all we got to say, right? Um, if if I were the Buccaneers and if I were the Steelers, I hate this contract. Why? Because Devin Bush from That'd Tampa and um, uh, Devin White are up or they're coming up. Devin White is coming up in 2023 and Bush is coming up in um, 2023 as well. And yes, Charlie, Leonard too. Although I think Leonard plays a different he, he's, he's not a true middle middle linebacker, you know? He, he's more – I'm not saying he's a pass rusher. He's a hell of a player too. He's probably the next one getting paid. I see more Bush and Devin White similar to that of Fred Warner. Uh, not to take anything away from Darius Leonard. But, again, it depends what kind of scheme they run, either 4-3 or 3-4. I think Indy runs a 3-4. So maybe that's why he's, you know, well, he uh, kind of the, the middle. He plays the weak side. And, uh, right. These guys play the strong side. Um, so is he, in, in my eyes, is is he one of the top linebackers right now? Yes, I think you can warrant that. Um, is he the best? I mean, does it matter? Uh, unless you want to get warm and fuzzy. To my eyes, it's still, it's still Wagner, um, but not by a lot. It's, it's not a wide margin. Um, it's just Wagner has been doing it for, for longer, and he's been doing it with, you can say, in these later years with less. Uh, because we understand Legion of Boom, he was kind of on the come up. And, and now Warner has all this talent around him, right? And it's not to take anything away from his greatness, but the supporting cast for Warner is much better than Wagner's, right? But again, Wagner has been doing it for longer. Can Warner surpass Wagner? Absolutely. I mean, he's he's that kind of he's that kind of player, but kudos to the Niners. They haven't figured out well. I think that's one of the hardest things to make a team relevant, drafting. And take it from a Raider fan who has been incompetent front office with overdrafting, you know, the Niners have it figured out. Another kind of parallel exists between, I mean, hindsight, right? They were giving crap to, to the Raiders brass because they had the opportunity, of course, like everybody else, but they literally had the opportunity of drafting Warner and they decided to go with this dumb tackle uh, that I'm not going to discuss. But anyways... It, hindsight, it's easier said than done. But that position, we still needed that position to be addressed in the draft, and they went the other way. Uh, but it's good, man. It's good. Congratulations. You have your quarterback at your defense, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for the years to come. Hopefully he stays healthy, and that doesn't derail his his greatness where we think this could be late. I mean, maybe he's in that trajectory, right, perhaps with Patrick Willis. You know, because he's a hell of a linebacker too, right? And maybe he's not there yet, but he can be, you know, because yep. he's a great player. So yeah, that, those are my two is, cents. He is. And, and I, and to a certain degree, it's, it's true. I'm not necessarily convinced that he's already at Bobby Weiner's level. It, I, I find it very similar to the comparison we made right now earlier of D-Hop and Devontae Adams. I believe Devontae Adams is going to get better and better and better. And he's already practically there with, the, with D-Hop, except D-Hop is still better, except he's older. I find the same thing with, with, with Mr. Wagner and, 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 and Warner. Same thing all over again. Wagner's better. He's had more time. The only difference is 
Warner has more years to go. So that, that in itself gives us the upper edge. And one quick note, just before we, we invite the Yeet, because I'm, I'm curious to see what the Yeet's going to be out there. What? Um, I agree 100% when people – I think it's so stupid when people get upset. Oh, we should have drafted that guy, man. And, and That guy was drafted in the third round. Guess who also made the mistake of not drafting him? The Niners. The Niners didn't draft them in the first round. They didn't draft them in the second round. They drafted them until the third round. It's like when people go back and, and blame Tom Brady or they blame uh, Russell Wilson for not getting drafted. Early. Dude, the Seahawks messed up too because if, if, if we were to redraft everything, guess who would go number one overall? Russell Wilson. If Tom Brady was available, guess who would go number one overall? If Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers were available, guess who would go? So it, in hindsight, settle down. We all would have drafted differently if that was the case. And little note on Fred Warner, he he was actually a safety hybrid player. He wasn't really looked at. He was looked as too small for the linebacker position. Yes, he's 6'3", but he was very light. So it, it, it's been a little bit of combination factor. And little FYI, the, the first year, the first two years for Fred Warner, he had absolutely no supporting cast. Nothing. Nada. It wasn't until the, the year that Bosa came in and everything kind of exploded drastically there. But just my thoughts there before we transition over to the Yeet, unless Yanko has any final thoughts on that. Honorable mentions at linebacker, Blake Martinez in New York. Uh, Anthony Barr in Minnesota. Leonard uh, in the with Indianapolis Colts, or the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm sure I'm missing a few, but linebackers uh, are starting to... Roquan's a beast too, man. I just want to throw that in. Roquan Smith is a beast. Yep. Um, yep. He's probably coming up too, but uh, linebacker is not an easy position, man. It's not. If you if you find yourself a good middle linebacker, Pay him. keep him. Pay the man. You, do, don't you think the Packers are, are hitting themselves in the head for not retaining Blake Martinez? Exactly. Oh, I don't playing. agree with that. Oh, Johnny got he up is. for that one. No, but Blake Martinez was trash. Blake Martinez no. is oh, trash. Yes, no, bro. he's not trash. No, 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 no. Blake Martinez is trash. Look at the you know one thing is stats, and, and and there's actually videos proving how overrated of a player is, and I actually respect that the Packers let him go. No, 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 no. He is extremely terrible in coverage. Get he might have a lot of tackles, but that doesn't do enough. And and to me, he's an old school linebacker that even then does not compare to the greats. I, Blake Martinez, no, no. I, I wasn't saying he was great. I'm not. Saying I, 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 was, I was saying they should have retained him. No, not tell us, Johnny. Should have retained what him. Paid, what they paid him. Make tell him us, Johnny. I'm, I'm like, to Aaron's point. Aaron, Charlie, but Martinez would have been. He's like ten times better than the linebackers that we had last season. He could. He can at least stop a bit of the run. He could have at least stopped a little bit of Leonard Fournette, for that matter. And they're not all going to be right. To at least get closer into the NFC. But if we go to that reasoning also, the Packers are in a hell of a crappy cap situation. You, you, the, the real problem is that they haven't invested in their draft into getting middle linebackers. Yeah. So really, it's it's their stubbornness to say, okay, we're still going to play with Kirkser. Or, or that was his name, right? Kirksey. Kirksey. Uh, we're still going to go with these no-names. It's not even, again, it's not that I, I – it like, seems that they undervalue that position. They do undervalue. That's probably what it is. And I get it. There's always bring back Clay. There's always there's always players that 
you know, are, are kind of, what do you call it? Maybe cash in on the right circumstances, perhaps, right? Look at Joe Schober. You know, the Browns, he was a tackling machine. I wasn't saying it's the same thing with Martinez, right? I wasn't saying that they're excelling or they're good at their position. But I guess it's opening another can of worms here. But why create a void when you can fill that void and keep with what you already what's have? His cap, though? Look at his cap, though. Well, yeah, but it's well, because stupid he had that the Giants paid. paid him. No, but I mean, it's saying. not his fault. But, no, but, but think about Littleton. You guys brought it up right now. You guys are like, uh, I mean, hopefully it finally comes through. He's getting paid $11 million. And I think Correct. Middleton is overpaid. True, but Correct. who were the Raiders going to attract being care. the Raiders I, I'd rather, and I'd not rather, having the avoid having the I'd replacement? Rather draft. I'd rather draft a rookie that plays middle linebacker. But that's it's easy thing, to say Charlie. when you drafted exactly. Fred Warner in the third. In, in hindsight right now, of course, that's what the mentality no, is of every NFL regardless, team. Regardless, but that's, that's the issue, that even when you draft, it's still hard to hit on these players. And that's why I gave kudos to the Niners. The fact that most of the players, there was a couple of players that you were like, what? An example, Solomon Thomas, right? Whether it be because it wasn't a good scheme, whether it be because whatever. But you know, and the same thing with the Raiders right now with Farrell. When you draft the players so high, you're expecting quick sacks, you know, measurable in, in the defensive linemen production that's the only way you're going to warrant a player draft that high but in hindsight of course right it's the same they're not hanging from trees it's a hit or miss so if you have a good thing going it's just don't mess it up and it seems that san francisco does right yeah especially there sequoias so you know it's (laughs) that's the point but and and my point is why create a void it's another perfect example and it was generational talent and I, I told you, I disagree with paying him that much. But look at the Raiders situation. What's the logic behind this, okay? You could have retained one of the top-end rushers of the NFL right now in Khalil Mack, right? You paid him whatever. And I'm not comparing Blake Martinez to Khalil Mack. But you could have retained him. Right. Now, what ended up happening? You traded him away. You got two first-round picks. And one of those first-round picks, okay, Whatever the reason might be, you you had a void, but you filled that void with drafting a player, and whether the Raiders are morons or not, that's up for debate. But you thought in your head that Cleveland Farrell was going to be the answer, an instant starter, and you tell me how that has played out. No, no, no. And, and again, it's not even to say – it's because, and that's why I keep coming back. It's not – I completely agree with everything you just mentioned. However, did it about 20 seconds with the, ago. With the amount of money that was played to Blake Martinez – Go even if it's not through the draft, go invest it somewhere else. There are every year good linebackers that come out to free agency. Blake Martinez, and then the, and we totally opened up a can of worms today. Because all I was saying is is Blake Martinez to me is just me. Me. I'm gonna write this down. And uh when the news stops coming in in the in the form of a deluge, we'll come back to this linebackers topic because this is probably yeah, this one is... of the the topics that we've gotten actually into it without agreeing so uh we got precariously but <laughs> but but dile algo a tu cuñado johnny dile algo i i try man i can't <laughs> <laughs> so casual about it i just want to say remember a name this name linebacker isaiah mcduffie if that's not a a scary name for a linebacker i don't know what is mcduffie <laughs> 
Was no, he, he was he like a practice squad pickup or like a? No, he's a he was our sixth round pick. Sixth round. McDuffie. Right. So they're going to McDoubt it for now. Again. Exactly. <laughs> so that just means that just like that's kudos to the Niners. Like if you keep if you find a good linebacker, you just keep him. I mean, you yeah, heard it here first. Interwebs of the world. McDuffie is going to make you McDoubt until he McProves it. <laughs> that was. You just made a whole lot of money to McDonald's, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ocho versus science. Anyway. Anyway, before we before we uh, uh, before we go to the eat, just uh, Mr. Mr. John Knee is about to leave our podcast. Uh, he's gonna walk about ten feet over to the other bed because we're staying the hotel we're staying at. Uh, just keep that in mind. All right, Johnny, keep it real, bro. Good that you chimed in, and I hope your Packers do not squander another season with a Rod, bro. Thank you. I is Johnny so. gonna pack it in for the night? Ah, <laughs> go on with the yeet. Gentlemen, it's time for this week's Yankos. 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 Ah, see that? We're climbing up. We're climbing up. I had a yeet scheduled, you know, my normal, but then news hit. Whack! The Big 12 is finds themselves in a little bit of disarray. The Big 12 is losing basically their big two top teams. We talk all football on the CYJ podcast. I don't consider myself a college savant, but I, I think I watch enough college football to understand when something is impactful. And this one is more than impactful. This is this is Armageddon, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck impactful. Fact of the matter is, is that in college, revenue is a big deal. And aside from revenue, it's competitive nature and it's competitiveness. Let me let me lay the land. Texas, the state of Texas, is house to a lot of big powerhouse college teams. The majority of them have been or are in the Big 12. The Big 12, the big major players, Texas, Texas A&M when they were in the Big 12, TCU, Texas Tech, and you have some other underlying schools, but at least those schools in Texas as part of the Big 12 compose and other teams, right? You've got the other team that's potentially or is leaving and announced their transition out of the Big 12, OU. The Texas OU rivalry is the lifeblood of the Big 12 to a degree. OU has produced a bunch of guys that every podcaster on the CYJ, on the CYJ show has drafted or their team has drafted from OU or has drafted from Texas. The college playoff and its landscape has changed the minds of many. Now, why is my yink relevant yet relevant to Texas and OU leaving? Because instead of making the Big 12 a powerhouse like the SEC, where Alabama is, where Arkansas is, where LSU is, Instead of inquiring to see who could they gain to try to make it more relevant, they decided to yeet out of the Big 12. Now you're potentially going to have some kind of super conference in which the Big 12 is now going to be that conference. Have you guys heard of the, I don't know, the Sunbelt Conference or the MAC Conference 
or how about other conferences that exist but don't get any attention and don't get any relevancy because they don't have college teams that are powerhouses. Now the Big 12, and I, would, I have to give credit where credit is due to Josh and Charlie who came up with these ideas. Now if, with Texas leaving, with OU leaving, Texas and I mean the Longhorns, the Big 12, now it might be composed of UNT, SMU, UTEP, UTSA. Colleges that are Division One, but aren't going to hold a flame, aren't going to hold any power to the firehouse and the powerhouse that is the ACC, that is the SEC, that is the Big Ten. The Pac-12 is hanging in there by the very tips of their fingers with barely relevant California, West Coast, Oregon teams. And now the Big 12 is losing two big major players. Think about it this way. It's like if you had your favorite team and your two stars. Let's say if you're the Lakers. I know Charlie's a Laker fan. If LeBron and AD just left. You know what? We're done. Now what? Now who are the Lakers? Now who are the Big 12? It's media rights. They're going to end up finishing their contract with the Big 12 through 2024-2025 season. And then they're going to go join what potentially seems to be the SEC. And... Side note, Texas A&M, Giga Maggies, they actually came out and said that they left years ago, I think it was 2012, to the SEC because they saw what was potentially going to happen and is happening. So they went and made a name for themselves and the SEC. And all they did by the hands of a greatly known quarterback, you might have heard of him in the college football rankings, Johnny Money Manziel. The biggest problem with the Big 12 is that their defense is lackluster. That their defense can't hang with these powerhouses. Since the college playoff was instituted, the Big 12 has not won a national championship. Heck, they haven't made it past the semifinal to a degree. Texas hasn't. I think OU made the national championship once. But they got blown out by these big boys, by these powerhouses in the SEC. So what is the mentality? Well, if you can't beat them, join them. I have a little soundbite for the SEC, I mean for the Big 12, that I think is relevant. Bye-bye, OU. We're going to miss you. Spencer Rattler, get out before you can, before it's okay. Texas, I'll still be a fan of the Longhorns, but for today, Longhorns, And that's today's Yanko's Yeet. That was good, man. And I think this this is one of those conversations that deserves to be put on your little little booklet of notes, bro, for the future. Definitely I, put it back there because at what point is a question? At what point do we just get rid of all the conferences? And just and, and just division one football. Division one football. But anyway, there's a lot money. more contests to You know why yeah. we don't get rid of it? Money. I'm just thinking now that the, the, the NCAA is going to start losing money to the whole players, there's other ways to making money. And imagine having these big tournaments of just – I don't know. Just throwing out there, like I said, before we open up a can of worms. Maybe. And it doesn't mean that the college – before this, the college football playoff was already in talks of expanding from a 4 yeah. to a 8 to a 12. So there's already the writings on the wall 
it's yeah, just it's the major players are starting to make moves before someone makes one instead of themselves. Exactly. So, in the same amount of craziness that we saw, we started seeing people either getting let go, getting fired, uh, for different reasons. The NFL brought up uh, a release this past weekend. Was a weekend? I think it was during the weekday where they announced that towards the end of the week, weekend, yeah, yeah that teams are going to start if there were to be a what was it an outbreak during the regular season, and the team cannot be rescheduled during the 18 week season, that they're going to forfeit, and that got a lot of players angry, a lot of coaches angry. We saw some coaches even get fired. Um, Son just decided to walk out. D Hop said that he was going to retire. You have guys like Cole Beasley that even players on his own team don't agree with. This is a mess. This is an absolute mess. Whether you agree with the vaccine or not, what's what's the deal, man? I think about a week ago or two weeks ago, and we talked about it off air, but I think it was appropriate to wait on the topic because now we've seen the fallout. Michael Irvin came out and said that if you ha- if you weren't a vaccinated player, what were you waiting for? Now he has the the veteranship, the 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 bravado, and and the the credit to be able to say something like that. Yeah. If someone in the, in the current NFL says something like that, it's a lot more slack. It's a lot. They won't say it. It's a, it's almost a career ender because of how unstable that subject is. But the NFL has always been a business. The NFL has always been business first and it has treated it as an employer with an employee relationship. And the players are starting to see, I I think they already knew that. Coaches already knew that. But now it's become, this subject has made it more relevant. I can't speak to the opinions of others. I can't speak to why they want to why they did it or why they didn't do it. As a matter of fact, it's going to be interesting to see. And I don't know if you guys read this. Cole Beasley was actually offered a share with Pfizer stock by Mark Cuban. Did you guys catch this? I did not. Go so Cole Beasley came out and said, hey, I'll get the vaccine. He basically, not, not verbatim, but he said, I'll get the vaccine if, and my wife. If someone, he wanted to make money off it. If someone promotes me. You know who called him on his bluff? Mark Cuban. He said, go get the vaccine. And I'll buy you a Pfizer share. Insane. Now, that Dang. put Cole Beasley in a predicament, spot. right? Yeah. Because if he does it now, your money where your mouth and he is. takes the money, well, now you're doing it because you're a jerk and your beliefs that you were standing by aren't real. But if you go and do it, was it peer pressure or was it because I legitimately think it's best now? So there's there's... There's going to be nuances like this. And to reference, to get just a little bit more light on uh, what you said with your introduction, Charlie, it was the Pats offensive line coach who just decided to leave and the Vikings uh, assistant coach who decided to part ways because they just don't want the vaccine. I think it was initial, but we'll we'll see what the ripple effect is as it trickles down management through the staff into the players. Here's the thing. If that's if that's what you want to do, knock yourself out, man. Walk out. If, if anything has shown, if history has shown anything, 
is that there isn't a single player in NFL history that's indispensable. Joe Montana got traded from the Niners. Tom Brady left the New England Patriots. That was a mistake. But the, 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 the fact of the matter is, there isn't a single player that's indispensable. There isn't a single coach that's in, indispensable. Look, the NFL has put guidelines. The NFL has put rules. They're your employer. They pay you every single week, or at least during the regular season they do. You are earning millions of dollars. If any of us were in a situation where a job forced us to have to put that vaccine, not many would have the luxury to say, okay, I'm just going to quit and figure it out. The NFL players, I guess, in a way, have that luxury. I'm not going to get into whether you have to put it or not, but if, you, if you're not going to put it, don't shut up and just, and just quit then and, and just get out of here because it's that simple. It's, it's, it's just the rule. So I, it almost feels to me like it's just millionaires crying around when at the end of the day, you know what you got yourself into. You got yourself in the NFL. And the NFL to the players are always – the NFL, it's such a terrible thing. It's, it's The NFLPA doesn't really care about its players. Shut up. You are earning millions of dollars. And, it, and you don't complain when that, when that paycheck comes through. So either stick to the rules or bounce. And I think there's, there's some unneeded – not unneeded, un – Maybe, you know what, I'll retract that. I was going to say unintentional pressure, but maybe it is pressure because now, fact of the matter is, is that the NFL headquarters has said, if you guys have a breakout at your team, whoever you're playing that week, you've now forfeited that game and you've given a win to that to that next team, right? So the playoff implications are extreme. Not only are we doing a whole different year with a different amount of games than usual, we have another wild card, right? So now instead of six, it's seven. We did that last year, but there, there's so many changes and the ripple effect can be astronomical. Absolutely. Imagine could, a divisional game, forfeited? You could have a team based on forfeits that is irrelevant. Make the playoffs because they got some, some free Ws. It's insane. It's insane. Josh, you've been awfully quiet. Um, it's a personal choice, man. I I think that's what it comes down to, but I don't say this. Well, I, I do say it more often than not, but I agree with Charlie. It's a personal choice. It's up to you, whatever your beliefs are and what, where you stand in all this. Uh, but ultimately, uh, I think he eloquently put it put it pretty accurately. Uh, so it could be another crazy outlier year with all this going on. And I think the NFL is encouraging this or is putting that out there to prevent that from happening and get everybody proactive and get everybody on board to get the vaccine. Whether players want to do it or not, I mean, is it hypocritical in some points? Sure. Are they doing other stuff that is more in danger to their health? Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very sensitive subject, right? Especially right now. But yeah, and and there's no need to get too much into detail, particularly on that. It's just you know, it's there. It, it, I did believe at one point that I find it hard, really hard, to think the NFL would actually give someone a forfeit. But the way things are looking right now, it would not shock me that the NFL were to do that this season just to just to make it known. Flex. Right, we're, no, we're no longer playing around. 
And maybe they'll do it in a game that's kind of irrelevant. Maybe we see it in a random Jacksonville Jaguars versus uh, Buffalo Bills. I don't know. Not Buffalo Bills, but now because then now they're relevant. But you know what I mean? Maybe they do it that and maybe that because then at that point, the question is even going to be, do these players get paid if they're forfeited? You know, you know how it, it, it comes down to the uh, percentages of how many games they play. Does that count as a game play? There's a lot of things where these players are really not looking at the bigger picture. So, again, put it, don't put it. That's up to you. But come on. So here are some, here are some facts brought up to, by one of the sideline beat writers for ESPN. For those curious about what an unvaccinated individual can be fined in the NFL for COVID-19 infractions, let me spell it out for you based off what the league sent teams this week. And here's just a tidbit. So players or staff members that are part of whatever they call the Tier 1 staff attending an indoor light club, unless wearing PPE and there are fewer than 10 people, attending an indoor bar other than to pick up food, or where there's fewer than 10 people and is wearing PPE does not include an establishment that primarily offers food service, house gatherings of more than 15 people without the players and guests all wearing PPE or where social distancing for more than 15 people is not possible attending an indoor music festival, attending an entertainment event, attending a sporting event other than an NFL game, hypocritical, unless the player is separated in a suite or an owner's box with no more than 10 people attending an event prohibited by state and local regulations and refusal to wear PPE, in connection with tracking devices or failure to maintain, that's an interesting, failure to maintain social distancing at a team facilities and during travel can be fined from their salary up to $50,000 per infraction. Now, yep. wow, crazy, crazy. Fans are permitted to attend training camp but must be 20 feet away from Tier 1 staff and players at all times, and fans will not be permitted to interact with players at any time. To note, the Bucks will host fan yep. daily Fans daily at camp, but these rules imply no autographs or no selfies. So it begs the question, gentlemen, do they have to social distance during the game? If not, why social distance at all? Because I need to understand if social distancing in a locker room can happen and everywhere else. Do you think that COVID just leaves during a game or leaves the sidelines? Well, I just I, that was something yeah, I picked. I, don't, I mean, those regulations. Uh, I, I don't know to what depth all of them apply, but I know a lot of those don't apply to vaccinated players also because I know they have a lot more leeway. Oh, vaccinated players have a ton more leeway. Yeah, absolutely. They're basically and, can go about their business as normal. And and uh, at the end of the day, we know uh, we know these players don't go to those fun clubs at night to go pick up chicken wings unless you're Lemon Pepper Lou. Oh, dang. And he was in the bubble. And I, think, and I think that's why they have to be super specific. It sounds pretty moronic for us. But I mean, truth no, be told, yeah. and this isn't just this isn't just NFL players, but people don't have common sense. Yep. So they have to write every single possible scenario and detail in order for these players to uh, not be ignorant and say, "Well, I didn't know. You didn't tell me." So they have to do they have to do a bunch of red tape in, in order to to get these players in their head and obviously explain the severity um of what's going on and what could happen and the outbreak that that this can bring uh so and according to whatever uh social uh, not social distancing but protocols will be if a team has an outbreak this is something i didn't read on how long do they have to be out because sometimes there'll be a team that'll have a sunday night game and then have a thursday night that same week a couple of days later 
So my, is that my, is that two games now? And my understanding is from from what I've been reading is if a team were to have an outbreak and the majority of a team is vaccinated, it's not going to count against them. The real issue is when the majority of the team is not vaccinated. That's what the ultimately that's what the whole idea that this whole thing is vaccinate the players you know make it political or not that's really what it is but all right let, let's let's transition into a, a much less political subject and just talk a little bit more about the final stuff that's kind of happened during the week two thoughts number one there's the injury bug and number two there's deshaun watson you know deshaun watson really that was the first conversation we ever had in our podcast we are into i've lost track of what number of episode this one is today but with all the episodes somewhere in had, the twenties. Yeah, somewhere like that. Deshaun Watson still hasn't been traded. And apparently he reported today. So I, I saw just right now before we jumped on that NFL Live uh, announced 21 episodes today. Okay, 21 episodes. Uh, NFL Live announced that 10 other women came out today uh, with allegations again. So now that brings it up to 20 something. Let's for we've said it multiple times. We're not going to get into what, whether what he did or not, but apparently the Texans are willing to trade him now. What <laughs> team in the right mind is actually going to? Uh, am I wrong to think that a team would actually give up three first round picks, which is their uh, offers that supposedly they'd be willing to listen to? But what what am I missing here? I don't think you're missing anything, Charlie. I think what we're what we sometimes get blinded by is the fact that the again. The NFL is a business. I mm-hmm. think to me it speaks volumes that he's at training camp. Because if the legalities of everything were so serious, he wouldn't be there. Yes, he's losing. he would lose $50,000 a day for not showing up. But the Texans, I think, would rather maybe work something out or have him not show up if it was such a demonstrative legal action. This is all an assumption. I don't have any facts. I don't have anything to ride this on. However, if he's showing up to training camp, that means cameras will be there. That means social media will be a buzz. That means that the media in general will be there. And he's going to avoid and dodge every question. He's going to do everything possible to save face. But the fact that the Texans are letting him be there, I think speaks volumes to the idea of the seriousness or the lack of, of what's going on. We had zero news about Deshaun for the majority of June and July. And then all of a sudden, boom, they're willing to trade him. Boom, he's showing up to training camp. Yes, there's been more women, and that sucks if it's really true. And I'm not doubting that it is, or whatever the case may be. I, Because he's showing up, I think it's a two-edged sword. A, he has to be really careful with what he says, if he doesn't say anything at all. And B, the Texans are riding out their workhorse so that the, the league can see, yeah, <laughs> he's still good. We can deal with that. Come and play. Would this be the same scenario if Isaiah, what was that? McDuffie was actually the guy that had been accused of all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Johnny. <laughs> I think we need to bring, I think we need to bring uh, Johnny back into this segment. No, but, but I'm trying to bring out a point, you know, it just shows you you're hundred percent right. Yanko. He, it's a business. And at the end of the day, they're going to look out. But in that same business, that's why I brought up the question. What team in their right mind is actually going to trade three first-round play? Yes, if if Watson ultimately is innocent, then okay, it was worth it. But in a business like the NFL, 
is any team actually going to give up that much compensation for a player that, you know, legally speaking, he's allowed to play this whole year because the, the trials will be next year. So he might get suspended next year. He might be put on the exempt list next year. Right now, they can't do that because legally speaking, we've seen it other times. We've seen it where guys have actually killed people. That's what they've been accused of in the NFL. And then they play on Sunday. And then three weeks later, they get suspended. So I, I, I'd i be scared. I, I, that's why I'm saying that. What team is actually going to trade for Deshaun Watson? If, other than maybe one first-round pick. Maybe. I don't know. I think the Texans are just showing their poker face, man. Um, they know they're in a bad spot. And they probably are shooting themselves in the foot right now because if they would have traded him back in February or March, we would have had a completely different conversation. But what they wanted to do is they, they wanted to push the envelope and, and now they're just having their poker face. They're trying to get hard to get. Oh, well, we're not going to let them go for three first round picks. And crazier things have happened. Uh, and I think he does get traded, but not for three first round picks, given the circumstances. Whether it be true, whether it not be true, I think we've already uh, stated our position in regards to this, and we don't condone, if they are true, the actions that this individual has taken. But at the end of the day, we understand that the NFL is a business, and it's a quarterback-driven lead, and Deshaun Watson happens to be a quarterback, which happens to excel pretty good at his job, at his position. Um, Is there a suspension looming? Perhaps. Uh, but I kind of wrap around my head with what Yanko said. The, the Texans, they know something. Uh, maybe the publicist got ahead of it. Because look at how many uncomfortable questions Deshaun's going to answer or is going to be asked yeah. time in and time out. It has, it's going to be nothing to do with football. You can, you can bet on that. So now the Texans have to deal with it because they have this player that is being represented by their organization and now, and then they're saying, oh, we're not letting, we're, they know they're in a bad spot because they're going to have to trade them now because they don't want to be associated with that, whether it be true or not. So their poker face is, oh, give us three first round picks. Nobody's going to give them three first round picks. At least I don't think. No. So that's the negotiating, you know, exactly. process of it, right? That, that's their tactic in, in my eyes. That, that's what they want to do. Oh, our asking price is three because you know you're not going to get that. So you're going to, you know, Deshaun's stock is a little down right now, given the circumstances. Now, if this is all false and bad, great bargain, right? Because look at it the other way too. The team that trades for this player is going to have to deal with that uh, media press or that that backlash or why did you do that or you know this and that or the other. Uh, so, it's Deshaun right, so, traded so we talk after football. three first round picks. Let we talk football and let's talk football then. Deshaun Watson, you say he's going to be traded. Let's all hypothetically get into that scenario. He gets traded. One team, what's your team? Go. Just no explanations. If you want to give one, it's fine. What team does he end up with? Denver calls bluff. They they uh, they play poker with Houston. They go back and forth. And I think Denver realizes that they need a quarterback, and they, they go for Denver. I mean, they go for Deshaun in Denver. I think that's really the only liable team. I don't have any facts to say, yeah, they have the real estate or they have, you know, the the backing in the bank to go trade for him. But Denver is a, a needy team with a great defense and would uh, be competitive with him. Not a bad one. Not a bad one. Just uh, I was going to say Philadelphia. I'm, I'm, I'm not a believer in, in Jalen Hurts. I, I, completely, I, con- 
I continue to just not have no faith in, in Jalen Hurts. So I think it's the ideal situation. I really do. You're in a bad division. So maybe winning a couple of good football games give you the opportunity to kind of start throwing those questions off from the uncomfortable questions to more football-related questions. Philadelphia, I mean, they're in a bad situation as an organization. They got absolutely nothing to lose. Right now they're trending down. So something like this could save the franchise, hypothetically speaking. Washington, for that matter, too. I'm going to go with uh, the Philadelphia Donkeys. How about that? Uh, Best of both worlds. So they're both – the Eagles need a quarterback. So do the Broncos. Um, It's a toss-up, man. Would it be Miami still involved? Eesh. Actually, they, I saw a Bleacher Report that kind of automatically linked them because of Xavier Howard, which we yeah. talked last week. Right, right. Like, you know, they could package something in because they could hypothetically say, all right, we'll send Tua. You know, some people still see Tua as a guy. I mean, Miami obviously sees Tua as their, as their future. But you and they have draft picks. They have capital. Maybe you just say Tua and we'll give you Xavier Howard and let's call it a day. You know, it's one of those things where you didn't get the value we're going to get originally, but, you know, you're still at least getting something back. Dark Horse, Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. Give... My, my only fear is that contract of Goff. I don't know if you're going to have $70 million maybe on the you books. Maybe you eat some, send Goff away. You send him to Texas? Send him to <laughs> Texas. Huh. It's not I... crazy. I mean, crazier things have happened. Brock yeah. Osweiler literally got traded to the Bronco. I uh, know, to the was it to the, to the Browns. Browns Browns or cap relief? Yeah. So something that you don't really see in the NFL. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not too, I, I think by the end of next week, obviously we're going to have a, a, another amount of, of crazy news this week because training camp starts in the next couple of days. We're going to have injuries. Unfortunately, by the end of next week, it's, it's, it always happens. And the reality is we've already started to see these injuries fantasy wise. I don't know how you guys want to take this conversation, but if we talk about fantasy, dude, Cam Akers is down and we've lost him for the year. I don't know where you were thinking of drafting Cam Akers. Obviously, nobody would ever say I would never draft that guy because if the guy, right guy drops to the right time, you pick him up. Bye, Cam Akers. Sorry, Freddie. What about Michael Thomas? Oh, Michael. Thank God Barkley's apparently starting on the Ooh. pup list. Oh. Fantasy. It's it's it Joe Burrow? Even, it hasn't even started. And it's already oh. Joe Burrow. Jeez. Here goes Johnny's fantasy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, That's it, crazy, it, man. It's crazy. It that hasn't even crazy. started though. It, it's but okay. Crazy. The three of us agree that starting tomorrow, the training camp starts in different places. Unfortunately, you're going to start getting some injuries. You are. It sucks. But Those freak some, injuries, and, and, right? And just like that, Tom Brady tears his ACL. And just like that, the Buccaneers that were automatic no. guaranteed. Tom Brady, Holmes, bro. Tom Brady played with a torn MCL. That's true. He's throwing balls into a ball launcher. He can do anything. Was that video real or not? That's ah, fake. And it was fake. It has to it came be. out later that it was if fake. Not, if not, that is awesome. <laughs> he has great media people, FYI. But yeah, before before I lose this thought, and we're still on the fantasy uh, train, is Deshaun a viable fantasy quarterback as a backup? If he if he starts in in Houston, 
Because before all this, Deshaun, fantasy-wise, in Houston in 2020, he was pretty good. He's still good. Yeah, heck yeah. Even though they sucked, he was good. He was still pretty good. Okay, Yanko, if you're drafting Deshaun Watson in fantasy, you're not drafting him to be a back. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. Okay, let's let's put it in perspective. You're in a 12-man league, which we're in a 16-man league, so this might not apply. But... 16 men. You might league. have to draft him if you're in a 16 man league. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's the 10th round, and you got a guy like Deshaun Watson available, or you got guys like Jared Goff. I mean, really, I, w- I would take the flyer on Deshaun Watson. And if week one comes and he says and he's not gonna play, then I cut him and then I just go pick up whatever I can on the waiver wire. I'm not gonna pick up Deshaun Watson to have him on my bench. That's guaranteed. Would I draft him? Heck yeah, I would draft them. Just like just like the NFL's business, my fantasy football season is my business. So I'm gonna try every way I can to win. Here's so. Yanko's nugget of the week for fantasy. All right. I would stay away for Deshaun for this reason only. And it might it might show a crack in my mental fantasy fortitude. I would be torn every week, depending on who else I with the select few quarterbacks. To start him or not. Every because, week. Because of the suspension possibly? Because of, because of, I don't know how he's coming back mentally. I don't know how he's coming back if he wants to, he wanted to get out of the of the Texans organization. He might go out there and just, you know, just do a, a Shane Falco he's, and, he's, and play. He's going to ball, bro. He's going to ball. I mean, he, fantasy. Shane Falco was a baller, Yanko. I will not <laughs> I threw allow it out there. <laughs> I for knew it. you. <laughs> to talk bad about Shane Falco, okay? All right, I'll compare him to Jamie Fox in any given Sunday. There you go. But I, I draft him. I draft him in the in the later rounds. There's upside there, and if he doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. Uh, when do you determine if he doesn't work out or not? Just keep him. If you have the ability to, how many players do you take flyers on, and you keep them in your bench? That don't even have the upside that. But Deshaun is Deshaun does. A, a exactly? He has so much upside. He's not a flyer, dude. Exactly my point. So so why why would you be torn? You just keep him there. How many how many uh, uh, people? Uh, fine example, and and this is with a player that was like eh, AJ Green. How many people kept? I was one. How many people kept AJ Green? Guilty on the roster. Every week you thought this is it. No, this is the, it. The difference. Josh, Josh, this I'm gonna is give it. You, I'm going to give you a name that's going to even amplify this to another level. How many times has Josh Gordon been suspended in the NFL? And how many times when you hear he's going to apply for reinstatement, how many times do you actually are able to pick up Josh Gordon? Tell me. Over and over. Every and every year, every year, you see that guy. And every year he smokes weed. The difference is is that there's a plethora of wide receivers in comparison to solid QBs, fantasy-wise. Exactly my point. Especially That's the point, Yankel. That's That's why you're drafting. No, okay, so maybe I explained myself wrong. To me, I'm, I'm too fearful of Deshaun because he's so relevant to start him because of, I don't, I don't trust him enough, man. But he's Wait, like, but, but you're talking about something else. You're, you're, you're talking about starting him. We're talking about drafting him. Now, or even, if, even if you start him. him. 
Okay, let's start say him. You go. You go and draft. Uh, if know, he's man. not suspended, if he's not suspended and he's going to play, who cares what kind of mental me, state let, he is? Okay, so you he, still start him. Here, here's a comparison. And I'm not throwing shade at Charlie. But if I end up with Jimmy and Deshaun it's on my Deshaun. fantasy, bro. It's easy. It's Deshaun. Fl- that's, that's too much flirting for my own no. Look, we- it's very, it's well-being. Very sim- it's very simple to me, Bianco. Straightforward. Let's just imagine the scenario where where – He's going to play all 16 games. And even if I don't, unless he's Lamar, unless he's Mahomes, maybe Justin and Dak, and I'm not even sure about that, I'm going to start Deshaun Watson. Where you draft him, that's where you got to figure out if the value's worth it. And that's why I was saying, I'm not sure I would draft him high because the uncertainty of him maybe not playing scares me. But if he's available late round, I, why would I not pick him up? If I take flyers on random rookies that sometimes I cut before week one, why would I not take it on a guy that's guaranteed success? Do you draft him over he, Trevor Lawrence? What was that? you draft him over Trevor Lawrence? Any day. Over Sam Darnold? Yes. Zach Wilson? Keep going. Yes. Trey Lance? Absolutely. Justin Fields? Yes. Derek Carr? Absolutely. <gasps> Keep going with that list. <laughs> now, I was, I don't know, man. This is where we defer. I don't. Again, Yanko, and what I'm trying to understand, just make sure we, we're on the same page. This is about value. Where are you going to draft him? I would not, I would not waste a high draft pick on Watson because I don't know what would happen with him. But if I can get him for cheap, and maybe, maybe I just threw like a huge secret on my team, but I, I would think that a lot of us are thinking the same way on that end. I really do. I, I, in a 16-team league, Deshaun Watson is definitely a he's decision to Watson? make. Watson? He's gone in round, Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson is gone in round four in the FFF, man. Oh, man. So, okay. So, so now... Round four? Yanko, Yanko took us really back like to... round eight in reality. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but, but, but what... Okay, so, so do you guys take... Other than Cat Anchors, because he's out for the year. And maybe it's not too unveil or uh give away your your secrets regarding draft because it's fast approaching does it does it hurt their stock yes but what do you guys think of a saquon of a michael thomas um players of of, of that regard what do you do it hurts their stock obviously do you draft do you wait or do you see where they become available for you to kind of flirt with the idea of perhaps Include him in your team. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Saquon Barkley will be starting week one. He, he's going to start on the pup list, but that doesn't mean he's already going to miss the first six weeks of the year. It only means he's starting on the pup list. Many, A lot of players start on the pup list just so they don't count towards the roster at the beginning. <laughs> just so they don't count towards the roster at the beginning. But right. it, 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 Saquon starting. Now, Michael Thomas, that one's interesting because he's expected to be ready to start playing again. Week eight is what I read. So eight. last year, eight, you are talking that until trade deadline, a little bit before trade deadline, he's supposed to play. What's to say the Saints stink and they're gone and they're done for the year? Why would he play? So I'd be nervous. Again, I think it's the same scenario that I'm saying with Watson. I think it's going to apply and without giving too much secrets. To me, it's all about value. Now you start thinking, 
like I said earlier, I think I've said it and I've said it many times. I will never like to me, there isn't a single player in the NFL that isn't draftable. Everyone's draftable. Their question is, at what point? I mean, if you're only playing 15 round drafts, then some players aren't going to be drafted. But if you're playing a 25 draft league, 25 rounds, then yeah. And it's all about the value. So if the value's there, yeah, I would do it. But what's my value? I guess that's only me, God, and myself to know. But (laughs) done. I like it. I like it. I like it very much. I'll say it again. I am hesitant and disagree with the value of Saquon. Anything above three. Well, no, it did change with the public. It did change my person. My I called it. I called it. I said no, it here. His injury. His injury. I you said were- no. I said his injury worried me and that I wouldn't draft him that high. All right. Yeah, you, you, you know what, you, Charlie? You Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I. Okay. So, a quick, um, quick point of order here, or or make your point, and then I'll, and then I'll I'll ask you this. Go ahead, Charlie. Mm-mm. It was no. It was no point. So there's been a couple of, um, if we want to call it, a, a couple of things that have been tweaked. And, and it's not to get crazy here. Let's just kind of go straight into the point. And this is about fantasy football. Um, so, and let's just talk first round, just just first round, okay? Um, here we go. That way you don't get all crazy here. So check this out. This is uh, sportingnews.com. And this is PPR. And I'm just going to go one through 12 according to their cheat sheet, fantasy rankings, PPR. Number one, no shock, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Saquon Barkley. Number three, Alvin Kamara. Number four, Delvin Cook. Number five, Derrick Henry. Number six, Ezekiel Elliott. Number seven, Devontae Adams. Number eight, DeAndre Hopkins. Number nine, Stephon Diggs. Number 10, Travis Kelsey. Number 11, Aaron Jones. And check this out. Wrapping up 12, Antonio Gibson. Who who said, whose list is this? This is sportingnews.com. 2021 PPR rankings. I Here's, here's the thing, and it, and it comes back to that. To, to me, it's always you and, and, and the teams that win fantasy football. And maybe correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it's always when you find these players that were drafted or picked up at the right value all the time. That's what wins you championships. So think about Barkley. Maybe indeed you're right, Yankel. Maybe he doesn't go top three in a lot of the rounds, but he ultimately ends up as a number two running back or number one this year. And you drafted him at six or seven or eight. You are very likely to win your league. Yanko is having too much fun today. Yanko is having a field day with his. Uh, I found the soundboard, guys. There. I found the soundboard. Look, I just. I think I'm going to have a conflict of interests because all I can focus on is 16 teams in my head. <laughs> 16 teams. And what I mean by conflict of interest is a lot of my ideas and a lot of the thinking that I do and a lot of the opinions I'm going to take is centered on the one league. Because Princesita has decided not to reach back out. So I don't need you, dude. Uh, I actually think that Princesita is being... 
you, you should have made those comments next week, bro. He's in he's in Puerto in Puerto Peñasco enjoying life, and he's not gonna listen to this. You just we'll, we'll, he we'll, might we'll, he might he might. But regardless, re regardless of the fact, I think this year's gonna be really interesting when it comes to fantasy because one, we're, we're we're in a league at least collectively here of sixteen with players that I we haven't played with, so ideologies, mindsets, approaches, takes that we're not used to. Two, you have the Aldas boys in there. And you know what? Uh, we took first and second. It could have been uh, vice versa. So I would worry. 16, <laughs> 22, 42, build a wall. I don't care. I'm going to nice. take it anyways. Very nice. Third, I think this is just the beginning of the injury bug. Oh, yeah. This is just the beginning of the injury bug. And this is just the beginning of star names. Let's face it. If there's a defensive injury... Oh, well, that sucks if it's your team. It's the offensive injuries that are going to suck. It's the Speak offensive injuries. Speak for yourself, injuries. bro. Did you not see Nick Bosa go down last year? And no, fantasy-wise. Fantasy-wise. Oh, yeah. Fantasy-wise. Fantasy-wise. It's, Sorry, it's sensible. No, it's all good. It, it's <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. But the fact of the matter is, guys, is that fantasy is going to be interesting not only because of the injury bug, not only because of the longer season, not only because of COVID and the potential forfeits or suspensions or Deshaun's or Saquon's. It's just going to be, if you ain't ready, leave the FFF. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's going to be a mind-blowing year. And and even to your point, Yanko, our strategy, I, at least personally thinking, I, I've never been in a 16-man league. So everything I've ever done, not that I'm going to change completely, but my strategies are a little bit different. I mean, if I have to pick number one, I got to wait 33 picks to go again. That, that If that doesn't change your way of drafting. 33. I mean, think about no, that. So if you're. <laughs> no, 31. Sorry. 31. 31. 30. Yes. 31. Now, that makes it's, it a, it's a snake draft, right? <laughs> yes. It's a snake draft. So if you're first. You've got to wait, but you get a back-to-back. -back? Yes. And or Sorry, last, which reminds me, um, when you are you going to do the lottery? So I was going to tell you that after the show, we knock it out real quick. Oh, oh. I like it. And I like it very much. And we can have Yanko You're like special friend. <laughs> we can have a, we can have a, Juan join us in here, and we just have a real quick recording. Just be sure he's uh, wearing something appropriate. We'll we'll make sure to we'll make sure to check that part. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, it's 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 a completely different animal. And personally speaking, to your point, Yanko, that's why I feel that as a commissioner, you always got to put the draft almost before the season start without giving the players just not that much time either. I mean, you don't want to be a jerk and give them two days, but you got to do it as close to the season as possible. Because I see some commissioners that start their leagues right now, drafting right now. Imagine. Teams that heck nah, that's Ooh. way too early. I'm barely getting happens. invites. Yeah, it, it happens. So with that in mind, I'm excited. It's 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 gonna be good. It sucks in some cases. Not that we ever hope for injuries, but when injuries happen, sometimes your team catches a break and they get better because the team next door now lost their quarterback. So we'll see, we'll see. But with that in mind, Mr. Director, do you have anything for today? Everything was uh, addressed while we 
continued the draft, not the draft. I'm sorry, the pot. So good job, fellas. I good do job, think guys. that it was a. It, yeah. And there's uh, Yanko there's having Yanko. once again Yanko, fun with Yanko his soundboard. Something that he's not gonna. Oh stop God. <laughs> um. Yeah. So no, man. I, I think we need to uh, revisit uh, a lot of uh, thing talking points we had this week. Yeah. Um, but for sure, I'm sure we'll 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 jump on board next week because it was a bunch of good stuff. And it's, we'll there's see. a lot of content. We'll see, it's right? hard yeah. to compartmentalize. I've noticed, and this is lack of experience of my podcasting career. So much info, it's aside from lot. the fact of all of the ideas that start zooming and zinging in your head as you start talking. I'm gonna. For I know the viewers can't see this, but this is just today, like in notes, <laughs> and me trying to like wrap my rind around. Around uh, so guys, things ju- I want just to say. just a just a heads up that way it touches a nerve here. Okay, so we got one, two. We're not counting this week. One, two, three, four, five. Five more weeks for football to commence. Is that four till the draft, or five till yes. the draft? Yep. And just a point, and I know Yanko doesn't like it, but in exactly one week and two days. We have our first preseason game on Fox. I, I don't like I said, I'm just excited to watch football. I, I, let me tell you something. I think this year, um, I mean, there was a lot of things going on in the world and we know what's up, but I think this year I was very much, um, not very much. I was grateful for a lot of things, obviously the important stuff that matters, but just speaking sports here, I'm very grateful that soccer was around. Because soccer Facts. occupied it like a, a long period of storm, you know, no news like for football. And soccer kind of allowed for that smooth transition to kick in. And soccer's still going on right now, which means that August is going to fly by and September is here. Means next thing you know, random here. question from the, the smallest soccer fan in the world right here. The, is Mexico still relevant in the Gold Cup? Yes. They are. And they should win it. I mean, I mean, obviously the U.S. Pull, was here last night. Pull, yeah, pulling for the U.S., but the U.S. Um, so just for for the smallest soccer fan in the world to know, they took their B team to this cup, so they don't have any of the actual starters playing. So kind of like in the Olympics. I mean, even though the U.S. basketball team has taken a really good team, they could have taken a way way better team. U.S. is in the same. They decided to just bring a bunch of uh, local domestic players when they could have brought the better players. They didn't. So this is Mexico's cup to lose. Other question. What players are playing in the Olympics right now for these national teams? USA is out. Mexico has a lot of young ones because in in the Olympics, you got to be under 23 years old and you can only bring in three players that are over 23. So to your case, if I were to tell you names, you probably wouldn't recognize any of them except maybe Memo Ochoa. You probably know him. Oh, yeah. Little curly hair. So. He's one of the three that can go. Yeah. Interesting. So. Which, go, those games have this been was, brutal. Uh, this was good. Like I said, I'm excited. And for more information, listen to Tucando Bolas por Mientras, uh, a good podcast Absolutely. about soccer. They're always good, man. And fortunately for them, uh, the Bravos continue to stink. So we'll see. Wah, wah, wah. All right, guys. This was fun. So let's. Uh, We're going to wrap it up those- to go into the lottery. That's right. We'll wrap it up and and uh, I guess PS like what do we, what do we call it? Maybe we can pause it 
And if you're a FFF listener, this is where you continue listening so you can listen into the lottery. Indeed. For the podcast listeners, thanks for putting up with my soundboard. I had a little bit of fun. I liked it. I liked it. I hope you liked it too. I think it was my best interactive yeet ever. <laughs> but uh, that's for others to to tell me about. Guys, it was fun. It was great. More news is coming. We got to be ready. We got to be more prepared. Go, sir. Peace.